Welcome back to another episode of Suds and Cinema. My name's Kyle. I'm Jacob. I'm Josh. This is episode number 25, Ooh, and this week... Episode. Quarter of a century. <laughs> this week we'll be talking about Irresistible, the new John Stewart movie. John Stewart directed movie, starring Steve Carell. So what's up? What's new, guys? Hey, good. You're the only one that worked since the new EO hits came out, so... You were telling us a little bit about your experience having to wear the mask. For oh, everyone. the new, yeah. Oh, yeah, order, the new executive, executive order. order. Wow. Sorry, I said. E- oh, I sorry. D- like I knew that was gonna come. Like, everyone, I mean, because I mean, I was going to stores and literally it says required on every single store. But, well, it said recommended for a minute. Well, Meyer, it said required, but like less than fifty percent of people were wearing masks. Oh, yeah. Required, but I not enforced. Yeah, and I'm like, big difference. I'm like. I mean, when the big protests were going on during Lansing and stuff and people were like, you know, you can trust us. We're going to wear masks like we don't need to be babied, you know. And then as soon as they opened up everything, everyone somehow mass turned into this evil dehumanizing thing for some reason. I don't. Well, I know the reason. I know the reason (laughs) why. It's demonic. I blame both sides of the line here for. One side, especially for pushing the no mask, like starting that, but then the other side's not helping because they're just pointing fingers like, look, he's stupid. And you're like, that doesn't help calling people stupid, like for not wearing a mask. Yeah, that's going to convince them to wear a mask. Not saying I was being better than that in the beginning, but I've calmed down and tried to (laughs) just... Because my stupid, I was saying it was stupid from a medical point of view. I'm like, guys, it's a mask. Not that hard. <laughs> and like, Yeah, but you're like, literally saying that to the people that are saying, oh, masks don't even help that much. Look up the science. And it's like, no, every test, literally every experiment <laughs> confirms masks are safer. <laughs> well, it's for me, it's like the whole thing that even climate change got politicized. It's like when science, like, it's not like it's a 50-50. It's like. 99% of medical people are saying masks are important yeah. and 99% of climate scientists say climate change is real. But for some reason it's political. So now if you believe a mask is good, you're automatically an evil deep state liberal sheep. And then if you're, if you are on the other side, you know, then it's the complete opposite thing. And then now they're like, Oh, you're stupid. You don't care about other people. And your sheep for following your glorious yeah. leader or whatever. Like some people will refuse it just because it came from Whitmer. Like they like just yeah. want to defy her so badly. They're against, you know, that she's a Democrat. She's doing these things. They're like, this executive order. Oh, this isn't, this isn't mean, a law. I'm like, well, it's yeah, it's not technically, but it's a pandemic. So everybody's saying like, oh, it's not a law. I didn't vote for this law to be passed. Like it's a pandemic. <laughs> Laws are different. The yeah. government is different during a pandemic. You don't so get that. If this helps anyone at all, there's things called orders, executive orders during a state of emergency, which we are currently in the governor, governor does have a power to create executive orders that can be enforced up to a misdemeanor and the maximum, you know what it, you can 500. find $500. That's what it is. They are, yeah. com- she is completely within her right as governor during a state of emergency to enforce and, and get, make state of executive orders. Ends, then it, she would lose executive order, <laughs> pandemic's yeah. over, state of emergency's over, all of that, every executive order drops. And it's just like crazy to me because it's like it never had to be even an executive order. If people 
if it didn't become a side thing, if it just people listened to medical advice, mm-hmm. then everyone would just have worn masks just like they did in Europe, like they did in Asia, you know, yeah. like just worn it because that's what you're supposed to do to not spread it. Then we would be open and we probably wouldn't have to wear a mask as much. Like, and it's just, and now yeah. it's like, just keeps going. The down same ones more. that the same people, it's just so for, it's a never ending cycle, but it's the same people that argue to not wear masks are the same ones that are complaining. Why aren't these businesses open? Small businesses, you open. Yeah. they're ruining the economy. Well, if you would wear your mask, you see, it's like, <laughs> oh, she's trying to control us by, I'm not by enforcing it. She can't for then if she didn't have to make an executive order, if people would have just worn it like they said they were when they were protesting before. It's yeah. like, I always say, like, I can understand not wanting to wear a mask. It makes complete sense. It sucks. I have to wear it 12 hours yeah. at work. Like, yes, it sucks. Yes, it gets hot sometimes. Yeah, I'd really rather not have to wear it. But I do because it's the right thing to do. And especially coming from me, if I'm not wearing it, how can I tell people to wear it? Mm-hmm. So I wear, I make sure to wear it the entire 12 hours <laughs> unless I'm drinking or something, water yeah. or something. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. And like uh, Joshua is saying, like most of the general public, what you wear it at a restaurant, you have to wear it. For you walk seconds. to your table and sit down. Yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. When you get your table, you're free to take it off. The longest <laughs> you might have to wear it is during a haircut or grocery shopping or something. And it's like. Half hour, hour. That's still guaranteed less than 12 hours. Yeah. And I let's say you it. do have a medical reason. Let's say you have asthma or something like even though someone who has asthma is <laughs> keeps wearing his yeah. perfectly fine. Yep. I'm just saying like if you were so bad, you had this medical reason that you cannot wear it. Good. Everyone should wear it to protect you because you're the one at risk of dying. Yeah. From mm-hmm. it. Like I'm probably not going to die from it. But. If someone has asthma, can't wear it's the same thing I argue with vaccines all this time, which another thing I have to face all the time because of politics. It's like, yes, a vaccine can help protect other people who can't get vaccines because there are some people who cannot get vaccines. They're allergic to the flu shot or alert, which is one in a million, literally. But it happens. So they need to be protected by herd immunity. Another thing that's completely misunderstood right now, like. there's just like so much and it's like trying to deal with this and like try to come from from a medical perspective like when and then again try not get too political but literally the president of the united states retweeted a tweet that said that the cdc most not all doctors like and all these are lying to and that we're supposed to trust these people most doctors yeah. and the CDC is lying. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Like, Doesn't fit and then the I agenda. hear that the next day, like any argument that's posted. Now I hear, oh, well, you know, Bill Gates. Oh, you know, well, the microchip. Oh, well, you know, it's like, listen <laughs> to medical professionals. Like it, it boggles my mind. I can tell you. It would be someone- frustrating <laughs> from someone with medical training. That would be very frustrating. Yeah. But even with someone that has common sense or a little bit more common sense than most people, it's frustrating because a lot of this stuff is just yeah, common sense. And people are like... So it's frustrating to like... And then, yeah, it's just... I can't imagine being someone that's met, that has medicinal training or, you know, any kind of that, any kind of that knowledge to have to listen to these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, I had... 
four years of just straight pharmacy school, three years of undergrad, four years it took me to understand like mechanisms and like even like type one versus a type two bias or like mm-hmm. things that statistics, P values, R values, things that like people don't understand. Even I like we have to be able to dissect like stats in our own way because like even those can be biased and it's like we're taught these we're trained how to do these like you can't just trust every like study you have to be able to look into it and because a statistician can make it say whatever they want it to say but yeah if you can read it then you can avoid the bias and but they're not the general public is not trained to do that so it's like people aren't interested in that anymore if it's that's why like it's almost the same thing with some of entertainment why like Quibi is a thing now, like or <laughs> Vine or TikTok, yeah. things that are easily digestible. They're quick. Uh, they say that like short, even podcasts. They say the shorter your podcast now, uh, thirty to forty minutes are the highest trending mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, and that it's like everybody wants their information really quick. They would rather get their information from a headline than actually reading the article. Exactly. And so so much misinformation gets out because they read the headline. It fits their agenda and their their own bias, and then they share it and they do all this. You know. Like spreading of another extremely dangerous thing like Plaquenil came out right so this drug I obviously understand it's not just a benign drug it's an immunosuppressive drug like it's used for autoimmune diseases like where your body's literally attacking itself it helps weaken your immune system so it doesn't attack itself right like and then you have Again, the president of the United States just like, yeah, this is a game changer. This is the drug. And then instantly I get doctor, 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 doctor writing for all this Plaquenil that I refuse to fill. And then it turned out, oh, maybe not that good. And then one study comes out of, of course, Michigan, Henry Ford, Henry Ford. that showed that decreased mortality in extremely bad patients already. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a very specific subset of individuals in a very specific area of one state. And then it's like, look, I was right. Medicine, you don't do that. You don't recommend something hoping that this data later will show you correct. Like, that's not how it works. Like it's taking a risk, hoping it works out. And it's a thing right now. It's like maybe listen to our older shows when I'm talking about this. Like maybe I'm talking say something bad about mass like they're not that important leave them for health that's fine because that was the recommendations at that time yeah dr fauci is being attacked right now because he was not recommending them at first and now he does that is how medicine works that's how guys. science works that's how science works guys we recommend based on what the current data states and then we adjust it later and he did that that's not flip-flopping that's not what is dumber to me is like staying on the thing just because you don't want to admit you were wrong. Like, Oh yeah, definitely. Let's use leeches to heal everything. <laughs> oh no, we were wrong about the leeches. Who cares? We can't let the public see so that we were wrong about leeches. Let's just keep using leeches. We would be using leeches today to cure all of the diseases. And it's like, we don't, we use them for some things, but some not. things <laughs> they are still used, but <laughs> That's for like hematomas. Yeah, like clots or something. But for the most part, not used for 99.99%. What I don't get either is the people like now are against doctors, but the same ones that are on prescription drugs and like are willing to like, oh, you're sick. I'm going to go see my doctor. But it's like, 
Now we don't trust doctors just because they're recommending wearing a mask. Because yeah. it goes against no, your political agenda. A, and like I am. They'll go visit a doctor, but they won't read but a study from a doctor that says oh, that's wear not a what, mask. That's not they'll my find, doctor. They'll find the one stupid doctor. Because there's always got to be one who's like, yeah, all that's fake. I mean, it was a doctor who started the whole vaccine debate. Like the whole thing was a doctor who is now no longer a doctor was stripped away because usually for publicity or on yeah. his study Al- ulterior motives yeah always and like oh look this one doctor what about the 99 percent yeah. like i can show you in a i have 150 pharmacy friends i could show you and i guarantee probably all of them like probably all of them would be agree with me and it's like so why pick one <laughs> like why cherry pick the one that follows yours? Like I can't even convince my own family. Isn't that just crazy? Oh, that's just your the human the stubbornness that some people are obviously more stubborn than others. But like when you see it, it's like holy shit. We have the there's actually people that stubborn that just will not. I mean, part stuck, of it so stuck in their ways that they would rather believe in one out of a thousand exactly. That well, and part of it too is like just how we evolved over time. That lizard part of your brain, like it's safety and not changing. Like the thing that surprises and changes you was usually the dangerous thing, you know? Yeah. And it's like, but it's not anymore. <laughs> so you have to like override that. Maybe that's why when a lot of times when people go into more and more education, they become like more and more open to different opinions, different things, because you're taught to problem solve, you're taught to override your initial bias. Especially in medicine, there's a lot of things in medicine that I know is the right thing, even if I don't like that particular thing. You know, it's like, ugh, it's just so frustrating to be it that's thrust into this light. And trust me, I would love to be part of some secret Illuminati circle that I could keep from everyone else and like yeah, hide show within me, the deep Show state. me the stats, Like, dude. where's all this lucrative money and stuff that I keep hearing about all these people <laughs> show being me all the paid treasure off? Chests. I know you Big know. pharma and stuff. Where's my cut, you know, for every vaccine I get? Guess what? I don't get any extra, you know. Where's the, like, where's the pot of gold that you're hiding? And vaccines, guess what? Not that expensive. Like, oh. a flu shot cash price is 40 bucks. Like, mm. ooh, you know it's it's just there is no secret it's trust that you have to i get being skeptical but there's a point when you have to trust an expert in their field you know i consist consensus of scientific community not one person science is based on a consistence i mean consensus where everything comes together it's like if you if they study this in china the u.s india those studies will come back with the same results. That's consensus. Right. And that's when you trust. That's what you have to trust. Not the outliers because there will be. It's the consensus because that's how science works. <laughs> but yeah. And the whole survival, the survivability rate is kills me, too, because it's like, yeah, most people will survive from this. That's oh, not yeah. the point, though. How the point say, is like, that this is getting people sick and it's still killing oh, yeah. I'm not millions of people. It's your the death rate isn't even that high or whatever. Well, it's like less yeah, than the flu, but dying. it's like it's still 12 million on top of what potentially the the. But it's the, the same thing like kills. the lack of empathy, like because because it's across are, the fucking yeah, world. And yeah, no one it doesn't them. affect them. They probably wouldn't die from it. Just no, yeah. Yeah, just because really, he doesn't die from it doesn't make it less real. I mean, no, like, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> but it's over there. at least at least 135,000 Americans have died. 
at least. There's probably like a lot more that we didn't know because it could have been around longer than the first cases we know of. Like, Yeah, it's like saying, oh, that bullet didn't kill me, but you know bullets kill you. Yeah, like, yeah you still should be afraid of bullets. Like, like, you should <laughs> be afraid of a bullet whether or not it's going to kill you or not. It's and still I mean, very real. Even on the most basic, it's just a flu. Flu is really bad. Ask anybody who's actually had the flu. I'm not talking about stomach flu. That's not the flu. I'm not talking about a cold. That's not the flu. The actual Influenza flu a, B. sucks. It will knock you off your ass and you For will be week, in bed. Yeah, you will be in bed and people die from it a lot. Like 60,000 people last year died from it. Like probably like I don't know. It's the exact, millions around the world, though. Many like thousands and thousands of Americans died from the flu last year. That's still bad. Like, why are you saying it's just a, that's bad? That's why I am advocating for flu shots every year, like because it's bad and a lot of people die and it's preventable with it like, well, not completely, but at least somewhat protective with a vaccine. This we have no cure. We have no vaccine. That's why we're doing this. That's why the mass. That's why we're trying to limit the spread, because we don't have anything to stop it. If like like in Texas right now, the hospital beds are full like Florida, too. What what if people have anything other than COVID? They just die because yeah. the emergency rooms are full. Like that's why we're flattening the curve. That was the whole point. Is so hospitals don't go over, get overrun because we didn't even know how to treat it. Twenty four thousand to sixty two thousand flu deaths. Yeah, that's a lot. And add that on top of one hundred thirty five thousand. One hundred thirty five thousand is, and it's still going. This is a lag right now. Amount. There's nothing to say that in two more weeks from now, our numbers wait until jump the flu that. season hits. Like, and I was like just reading a, a study today. I think it was out of San Francisco, somewhere in California, that showed that the actual they're finding that the risk of people in their twenties is actually thirty percent will end up with a serious illness and end up in the hospital, like one in three mm-hmm. almost. Of young people, and this was younger than us. This was up to twenty five. Yeah, eighteen to twenty four, probably. Yeah, like our like one in three almost is going is seriously ill from this. You don't want that still. Like even if it, most people still won't get it really bad, it's still bad. Yeah, <laughs> it still killed hundreds of thousands of people. Five hundred over five half a million people worldwide with. More than a fifth of that in the U.S. and more of a third of the cases in the world from the U.S. Even though we have four percent of the population in the world, that's good job. We're great. Uh, but very uh, long-winded way to yeah, say, I'll get off my wear, wear <laughs> a mask, wear a mask, and be a good person. <laughs> this also kind of segues into our review a little bit. So yeah, about. Yeah, as much the as misunderstanding politics, of as politics <laughs> in general public, yeah. And yeah. now the general public in politics. But first, we have to get to our yeah, so to beers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get a consensus needs on a beer. this beer. This is so, <laughs> I just worked 12 two. hours, guys, and had to deal with this crap all the time. You want a shot in your beer, Jacob? <laughs> yeah, I need that. Ugh. Uh, I digress. Jacob's send any medical questions you have this about pharmaceuticals. This was Jacob's day. <laughs> <laughs> at com and Jacob in the subject letter. Go ahead. This is Jacob's pick. Oh, yeah. So today I have brought for us a... uh, Have we had Jolly Pumpkin? Nope. We have not. All right. Well, this is a beer from Jolly Pumpkin out of... I mean, I know they're in Ann Arbor, but they're not from Ann Arbor, though. Originally Traverse City. Traverse City. And they are known for their sour. World-renowned. World-renowned. They are very good sours. A lot of them. They're... 
uh, Noah or not Noah, uh, Oro de Calabaza was the number one Belgian golden sour in the world at one point. Hey, look at that. And being out the Belgians at their own game. <laughs> yeah, actually. So this one is called Bam Beer, and it, or it's like the French. Bam Beer. beer. Yeah. Bam is the dog. Bam Beer. And it Mascot. is a farmhouse ale, which is, Joshua can describe, because I didn't know what it was. Well, so originally farmhouse, <laughs> I'm like, they oh, called I it. I thought they just did sours. Well, it is. It exactly. Is I didn't so, know that. It's usually with wild yeast. So like back in the day when farmhands would make, they would make their own beer and most styles are like a Saison. So Saison means um, season. So during the hot seasons, um, the farmers would drink beer. They're usually low ABV, right? Uh, They depend. It depends, but depends on what kind of yeast they get. But usually it was open top fermenting. So they would just get whatever yeast was floating in the air and that would car that would you know inoculate and then make the beer these this one is a farmhouse saison i'm assuming ale just says farmhouse yeah ale. Just there's only like four ale. different sizes or four different styles that fall within the farmhouse realm but um it's a little different but i'm assuming it's gonna be sour um yeah, and these are actual... It says on untapped saison. Okay, yeah. These are actual... Um, so Jolly Pumpkin does... Um, they're oak-conditioned, so their sours come from the barrels themselves. And you would have to if you wanted to do that open-air yeah. fermenting, right? And they're all wood barrels. Like, I've been yeah, to the facility. Like giant, it's, right? like, bigger than this house. Yeah. Like and then it usually has like an open skylight or something, right? They just have like the top is open. Yeah. yeah. And it just. Well, that's their fermenters. The yeast and stuff. But just the barrels, the it. barrels are. Once you have the barrel that's soured, then you can just keep souring. A lot of breweries nowadays just inoculate. So they add like citric acid to it to make it sour. So it's not like a true sour. Whereas Jolly Pumpkin, they've had these barrels for ever yeah it says oak aged right on the can yeah and it's probably conditioned in the can too can conditioned yeah <laughs> yep. i can do that too <laughs> i don't know i just read tears and mahalo plenty and uh their description of it is an artesian farmhouse ale that is golden is naturally artesian cloudy artisan an artisan <laughs> <laughs> sound like cow pronouncing things right what's the difference divisive <laughs> divisive an artisan farmhouse ale that is golden, naturally cloudy, bottle conditioned, and dry hopped for a perfectly refreshing balance of spicy malts, hops, and yeast. And they also admitted the Oxford comma, like that. Fan. Um, yeah, so I actually went here to, f- I was on an episode of Brew Dogs that was filmed at Null, their Dexter location. So I had a bunch of sours there. And Bam was there himself. Who's their little mascot? Oh, that's the dog? Yeah, that's Bam. There is a dog on the front of it, and that is apparently Bam. Yep. Cute little puppy here. Met him. Well, then I saw him. He was was at the bar. (laughs) He was too famous, you know, to go up and talk to him. Yeah, yeah. There's a huge line. (laughs) Didn't feel like waiting. For him to sign things. Let's crack this. So let's take a taste of Bam beer. Jacob's about sprayed everywhere. Yeah, I mean, their beers Yum. are always so yeah, good. <laughs> that's so good. You can taste the difference between a oak sour 
uh, barrel sour versus uh, inoculated. Because inoculated Yum. sours tend to be more in your more face tart. sour. Yeah, this is like mildly sour. Yeah, mm. like most. I feel like I could almost drink more in one of these. And oh, I've drank multiple. And like normally with sours, I'm like, oh, one, that's good. But I feel like I drink a couple of these. I think I had like three or four that day and it was... But and then you get soured out. It's like barrel aged beer. Because it like, like sticks like, on your yeah. tongue. You just want a bunch of water and food to cleanse but, it. But pretty good. Pretty good. I am it's a not bad. fan. It's not up Kyle's alley. I already knew it was going to be. <laughs> it's all right. It's not great. It is. It's different for sure. It is. I agree with you saying it's less sour forward. It's like sour beginning and then, you know, just your yeah light, lighter finish. I think that you've had this, Jacob. I think that was the beer that we had in the basement of Pretzel Bell. But it's kind of refreshing that it's not like a flavor or anything. It's just like pretty much classically beer, but like a sour, you know, mm-hmm. note. Yeah, that's because yeah. like a lot of sours are like so like fruit forward or they have, you know, some kind of flavoring to them. And this is really just like, you know, like an ale, like a sour oh, shit. Ale. I can't do that. I already, already checked it in. I've checked in multiple before. A few times. I can't check it in again. It's against my Your code. My code yep. of ethics. We should we don't have a code for our untapped. No, untapped. Kyle was like trying to think West. about it. Yeah. Well Kyle's like Kyle's like, do I check insiders? I'm like, I mean, absolutely. I already told you mine yeah. is like I, was, I, I have to it, I have to drink mo- the majority of it of whatever that drink is in order for me to count it as something I checked in. But then you also have a caveat. You can't take of, one drink. Of No, I can't taste somebody in. else's yeah. and check it I in. Do the same I thing. have to drink it. Yeah, I don't check in. Like Most of it. Yeah. Like I will count if they take it, don't like it, and give it to me, then it's mine because I drink the majority. Right. Well, that's about as far as I go. Yeah, like I've tried, I've tried a lot of different beer actually in the past just two weeks, but... I've only checked in the say, ones that I bought myself and drank a full. But you know, what do you, how do you justify the equivalent? So, like, say, say that you're sharing a beer and you drink four, three, four ounces of it. I wouldn't. I don't count it. That's a. That's, that's just a mine. That's a flight glass. Okay, yeah. flight. But what, I, is what's my the one exception? Though? There isn't necessarily. What's four ounces to four? But ounces? I do count flights. That's like my exception, just because. I mean, a lot of times that's well, the only chance you get to try a lot. What if of you had a big drink? Beers? Yeah, and then like I, I drank some, flights for sure. Yeah. And then I only had one drink left, and I was like, "How hey, you finish it?" And you drink it. Would you count it? No, Wait, you didn't what? drink the majority of it. Yeah, no. No, if I if you drink some and then I drink more, and then I was like, oh, "I don't really like it," oh. but it was under half the beer. Would under half, it? like I drank it. Wait, so I tried it. You <laughs> tried it. You didn't like it, and then you gave it back. But to I me? drank some of it already. That still would count. As long as I drank the majority and it was mine at the end and I finished it, sure, I would count that. <laughs> then you're, so you're just getting into it. I say you, if you, you asked the very, if that has like, never occurred. If so. you have over four ounces of it, it should count as it's more of a gut feeling. Yeah. Should I check this in or not? It's <laughs> like, I always have to take the picture and stuff too. And like, that's another one of my rules. I always take a picture because pictures are, didn't happen. So I try to always take a picture. Unless I forget. I, I try to take I, a lot of them, but yeah, I don't. I every once in a while, I forget. I take pictures if it's, if I really like the, like the label. I always do. Or if it's in a bar that I want to remember what the bar looked like. <laughs> well, then that's when I just check in the, my location yeah, then you, and then I just you look can back see at the venue it too, Cause you'd be like, <laughs> oh, what was that place again? That's you can fair. see the check. I mean, we didn't, we don't have any set rules, but they that's need, mine. They so need that's memories why. for untapped now. That's their next feature. What? 
like memories. Like on this day, you oh, had this yeah. beer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Time hop for... Four years tap. ago, you had this beer. That would be cool. Untapped, that would, be, that would actually out. be cool. There. I just thought okay, of Let's that. email them. <laughs> I'm going to email Time Hop and see if they can get a collab. You know what? They were at one time going to add wine to it too. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting. I use Because I wanted to get into wine and I don't know wine at all. So that would help me like... Do Vivino. Like the only to, reason I have like a real taste for all these different ones is because Untapped. Like it forces me to try a bunch of new ones. Like I can keep track. I can start developing what I think of specific it's styles. It's weird though. Yeah. Like since I started checking in more beers... I'll always try to order something that I've never had yeah, before. See, because you want to those things. numbers up, yeah. baby. And then, but now, well, eventually, you get to the point where you're like, "Oh, that, I've never had that." You order, and then you look, yeah. "Fuck, <laughs> damn it!" Oh, I always that check. happens so much now. I always check before I, I try order. to, but every once in a while, the person will walk up. Very you don't want to like. Yeah, be like, oh, hold on. I'm yeah, looking like I'm looking at your 100 different ones. I'm and searching I'm just like, every beer you have oh, on your yeah. menu on Untapped first. I'm like, oh yeah, that's checked. I never, I don't recognize that, and then. Oh, I've had it. Yeah. That's happened many times. I think I would point. recognize yeah. most that I've had, but I've only had, I've only checked in a couple hundred. Whereas if it was a thousand, I would Which, not remember either. We're getting closer and closer to that. That's I'm insane. At 797. I'm at yeah. almost 1400. But remember, mine are also where I drank the most. <laughs> and I have pictures yeah. of most of it. I just had a beer the other day that I didn't. I didn't put my, such uh, strict rules. I didn't, I didn't check in any of my bad last yesterday. Fucked up. And I had. I think, oh yeah, the berry goes. Anyway, Jacob Vivino is your is gonna be your wine. Yeah, app. but then it's a separate app, and I don't drink that much wine too. You should. Wine's great. I probably have had less than fifty different wines. Oh, total. You bump those numbers up. Yeah, so you'll get there. Yeah, I only like red, really though. Yeah, good dry whites. Really white good just is never as good. I always prefer red. Well, yeah, I prefer red too, but and as dry as possible. You gotta get Jeez. a good. You gotta get Ugh. a good riesling that just sucks the water out of your mouth. <laughs> so it's so tart. Yeah, I don't know. They're Acidic. always like so sweet, but they're good with like fish or something. I mean, if you the, there's a riesling that I used to sell, and it was like bone dry. Like then I, I think. Rieslings, because they're German, right? And they're usually a little yeah, bit no, more. But I mean, if Michigan Riesling, Michigan Palette is sweet. So no, that's why. this guy. That's that's why I hated wine until I went over to France. And I'm like, wow. Well, most Michigan wine is great. Sweet. Well, whites are. And it's because they have like terrible dirt and it's rough. A good Gewürztraminer <laughs> from hard the Finger on the Lakes grapes. region. Yeah. Oh, the, the Finger Lakes. A People good, get lost in the Finger Lakes. A good uh, Gewürztraminer from that is... You got to get that. We should do that one time. Have a wine. We have to have a beer, but we can do wine too. Get like yeah, a bubbly. A get like a champagne. That could be like our hundred like episode. Get champagne because it's still suds. Yeah, sudsy. We would no. We're gonna have like ten beers on episode one hundred. Episode one hundred is gonna be a, a at least show six long. hours long. It and we're just and that the movie was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah movie. What movie were we talking about? We should no, just we're not start. doing a movie. We're doing our top 100. Oh, yeah, that's right. We Ooh, that's start, hard. I know. We should start stocking up on some uh, good bottles. Of Do you still have that KVS? Yeah. <laughs> should have got All right, final 18. thoughts on Bam Beer? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Good. Good. Anything? We're really digressing. <laughs> we only have one movie, so we're, we got to yeah. have to. But yeah. we have, I mean, I have a decent amount to talk about. I think this could be a long one. <laughs> yeah, Irresistible can, like, really trigger some talking points, I feel Good. like. 
So that's that's the movie, as Jacob just alluded to. We're talking about Irresistible. Uh, This is directed by Jon Stewart, written by Jon Stewart, stars Steve Carell, Rose Byrne, Chris Cooper, uh, Will Sasso, who else is in it? Topher Grace. That's about... The girl from uh, Orange is New Black. And the girl from... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The pollster. No, not the pollster. She was the... Not the, uh, what's the other one. Oh, Mackenzie Davis. She's way down on there. I don't know why. Is that her? No, Mackenzie Davis is the daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she's oh, like yeah. a big character. Anyway, okay. Uh, plot synopsis reads, A Democratic strategist helps a retired veteran run for mayor in a small conservative Midwest town. Let's take a listen to a clip. We can't win unless it turns out that this town isn't the Mayberry everybody thinks it is. We were the good guys, right? Yeah, we're the good guys. When they go low, we go high. Unless we also need to go low, apparently. (laughs) Only to keep those who would go lower out of power. So when they go low, we go higher incrementally in relation to how low they went. Regrettably, yes. When they go low, we go almost as low, but we feel worse doing it. What did you guys think of Irresistible? So I overall enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was the funniest movie I had seen this year until the other movie I watched, <laughs> but Palm Springs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, what did you watch? Okay. Keep going. So yeah, I thought this was the best thing I've seen Steve Carell in and forever, honestly. For sure. So it was, it was pretty much what I expected out of it. And I actually thought it was harder on one side than I, I actually expect it to be, but I think maybe he did that on purpose because of where he leans. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but overall, I mean, I don't really have too many complaints about it. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I actually really liked it. This is the first comedy. I think I laughed at more than once in a decade. Well, definitely this year. This year has been atrocious for comedies. It's, I mean, I would say arguably the last couple of years, but this movie I laughed a decent amount. It's classic. I mean, it falls right in the wheelhouse of what Steve Carell excels at. Yeah, he and he killed it. I and mean, yeah, I don't know how much he had to do with, if he had anything to do with the writing, if he was involved at all. Uh, like, a lot of times he only just credit ad-libs. Is, yeah, I'll say the only credit is John Stewart, but I yeah, mean... he probably ad-libbed a lot of parts. Could be, yeah. I mean, I he just was feel like it, that. Yeah, I feel like it's very much in his wheelhouse of like... Like, this felt... This feels like Steve Carell. Yeah, like, the difference between, like, how much I enjoyed this versus Space Force. <laughs> like, he made so many bad decisions and what he was doing in them that could have been direction, direction though, though like, yeah, maybe he needs right some, yeah i feel like yeah. i don't know maybe it was just yeah uh, which is weird though because space force was well, it was created by the creator creator of <laughs> the office daniels. Yeah. greg daniels i don't know how many if he directed any but and he's steve Carell's never worked with or not that i know of has worked with john stewart i mean john stewart this is only his second movie that he's ever directed mm-hmm. yeah so but yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Um, there, the problems that I have with it are just like purely like technical and like cinematic issues. It kind of felt more like TV-ish style. Did you also feel like it started off much stronger than it ended? 
Like I even like the first yeah. scene where they had like that fake uh, interview where they're just trashing the people that are interviewing them. It was right. like fourth wall breaking type thing. Yeah, I kind of liked that part. And then they kind of just went away from that completely at some parts and then would go back to it. Yeah, it is kind of like a little bit all over the place. But in the end, I think it does just work well as like this sat like what what happens in the movie is basically just like a big satire on yeah our own, you know, how uh, politics work and yeah how elections well, work. And, and I think it's it toes the line between it toes as a moderate you know mm-hmm. it's a very moderate view yeah i will say it actually even seems to be a little bit harder sometimes on the left based on the 2016 election right like, that's what i feel like it was trying to really show how out of touch that they are with like people in the midwest yeah the rust right. belt type area and why that led to what happened in 2016 in the you end know? you see that yeah because in the beginning you think that oh yeah they're doing like they're the heroic ones but in the end it's really like no they're just i mean and <laughs> i think even in the beginning it was pretty strong satire against them when they were like in our latinx oh <laughs> yeah dude, show, so yeah funny. no it's showing that they're out of touch or whatever but yeah it's yeah i know what you're saying yeah but it really comes like i think it was mo- trying to just show the extremes of both sides no, it definitely was, but I just feel like, like it was a little bit harder on the left just because, I mean, they did lose in that election and it's showing like one of the reasons why, because they're so out of touch with that right area and they focus so heavily on like certain demographics or certain things. I mean, even them choosing to go to that guy was kind of underhanded, right? Yeah. So... I feel like you spent more time with the like Democrats versus the Republicans. Yeah, they of course, because it's from character. yeah. You're that's what I mean. Is like you when you take the perspective of them and you put it as your protagonist, it always kind of puts a more positive light on it. But that's what I'm saying is by the end, and they get duped, then it's like it just shows this kind of stupidity of both. I mean, it really is playing at that the whole time. But you yeah. get an idea that this is completely moderate from at least yes. what I saw. Oh yeah. And that it's saying that the whole system is effed. Like yeah. our whole system is just stupid. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It needs work. Like Did you guys watch the credits? Yeah. Yes, Amazing. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. I love that about the super packs. Yeah. Yeah. And Don't just, talk to them. <laughs> I love just the beginning he's like uh or the very end, the very start, he's like, so is this, you know, technically legal like could this happen exactly as it plays out here and would it be legal could it happen he's like yeah it could completely he says the whole thing he just goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it could be um, um but in, in terms of the movie that's our general thoughts like there's there's not too many spoilers except for the reveal and the yeah. that is definitely a spoiler i don't know uh, if you want to avoid that or if you just want to get into everything i mean even um, if you knew that i think it'd be worth a watch yeah, I think I think we can actually talk. I think I could talk about it without revealing that because, like I said, uh, I like what it's trying to say in terms of its politics and just yeah. saying that the whole system is broken, is messed up and broken because it is. Like he said, if this was to happen today, it would be completely legal, which we won't say what it is, but there's 
this whole scheme that they put together, somebody puts together and executes on it. And could it's actually really happen. funny, actually. Yeah. But it's, then you, you find out it's true and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and they definitely take, you know, Not they take their jabs at yeah. both sides. Like Definitely. I thought the, the, uh, the commercials were the funniest because oh, like they were so good not the yeah. commercial but then like at the end if paid you read for. paid for <laughs> yeah. by all of those things is like yeah. paid for by you know gun toting right wingers or whatever it would just say something crazy or stupid like yeah. that and then all of the you know all the democratic commercials would say paid for by you know something stereotypical of the left stereotypical of the right they would make just jabs like that and i thought all that was was pretty funny i didn't laugh like a lot like hard no but it was all like quirky and amusing the whole time i was pretty much smiling for a lot of it uh or like even like stupid comedy like steve carell he's never had uh you know like midwestern town small town (laughs) cooking i actually like wanted to make okay so how many when you guys heard him order a butt and a burger, the burger didn't stand out to me as much, but the butt, like, and they looked around, like, what do you guys think right away? Because I actually didn't think what it ended up being. I thought of a... I missed something. the part where it was, like, a German, uh, German yes. house. So I thought that they made the burger, but they're like, oh, we don't have Budweiser. Go run and grab a Budweiser. But he, like, had to go get both. <laughs> Mine was, like, that I just thought it was funny because... I thought they were acting weird because it's Wisconsin, Milwaukee's best, PBR, Schlitz, like all these huge Brant Miller, like are all from Wisconsin. He ordered a Budweiser, which is not from Wisconsin, it's Missouri. Yeah. So I was like, I thought that's why they were originally doing it. And I was just like, as just soon as so, I saw him order a Bud, I'm just like, to show he's out, so out of touch. Yeah. Like, oh, because he's trying to appeal to him. A butt and a burger. And, goes, and they just mm. all look around. He goes, mm, Budweiser. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. He's I like twist. You guys got a bottle opener? It's just a twist. It's just, just twist. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely, I, I really did like all the little Midwestern things. Like, and then everyone just knew him. And like, mm-hmm. he answered the phone. They're like, hello. He's like. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah no there was a lot of small touches that like like I said like it's very amusing and and quirky in all of those ways not like a lot of like hard laughs but just a lot of consistently funny things yeah you know? especially being people who were from who at least yeah. went to school in or a like you know small I mean town. we know we're literally from a town where everybody knows everybody you can pass and, by in the street and you know their names and, like, and stuff and that was that's like, how they are in this yeah like that was seemed over top locking wasn't that over the top like you, something goes wrong. The entire town. Knows about goes, it. Yeah. One cream, two sugars. Not how I like my coffee. But <laughs> She's like, I, I know, but <laughs> like later. Uh, and then he just eats the schnitzel. Strusel. 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 Whatever. I think it's Strusel. Yeah, <laughs> it anyway. Is, yeah, that was. Uh, those All those parts with like interacting with the locals were pretty funny, honestly. Yeah. He goes like the Tesla, and he goes, "What do you want me to st- basically like stick out like a sort of thumb? Thumb? I'll have a Ford Explorer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, a Ford Explorer, <laughs> a black Ford Explorer. <laughs> yeah, all those quirks are. I laughed a lot actually. Yeah, and I thought that. I mean, even though that was funny, that I mean, that is kind of like a jab at what like Democrats were missing. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially in the Midwest, that rust belt. Right. It's like just so out of touch. <laughs> right. You come from the 
the craft beers, the like expensive dinners, like when they had that scene in New York and like, even though like they seem to care about things that may matter with the little people and stuff and they really project that at the same time, they completely miss the point of what actually living in that kind of situation feels like. So like they can act, which he kept doing and missing the point, but at the same time he would, he seemed to start getting it at parts and then not. And that's one message at the end that they want you to know is that in elections, when people go campaigning to your small town, they seem to care about all these things, but where are they three months when later? When it actually matters. When it matters, yeah. they're not around. And like, and that's it's probably true for a lot of, I mean, and campaigning like, and shit, like the person you vote for might not come through on any of that. Exactly. And that's like very true on both sides. Like I guarantee, I mean, do you really think that the Republican side did that much either for, you know, the Midwest or anything. Yeah. No, they all make promise, stupid promises that they can't keep. Well, to get, yeah, <laughs> to relate it to modern day politics again, Trump t- recently tweeted, uh, something about the, the aid to mid Michigan for the floods. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm always here, always there for Michigan. What okay. about Flint? <laughs> yeah. What about Flint? What about, uh, denying aid during COVID? Like, when literally federal aid was denied because you were in a row with Whitmer, like yeah. they were in a fight. So you, you know, held a grudge and denied aid, but and you're always it, here for Michigan. Yeah, but always there. Funny. And, how it's, he approved that when it's, you know, getting around to, uh, election time. <laughs> oh yeah. Isn't it funny? It's also funny, like how opaque, like these things are, you know, cause I will say like, politically i'm not really on either i think both especially in this i'll be like completely transparent both of these suck the choices we have but it's like it's so opaque now right when you see things like that where like this is a good example of it but you look and like let's say trump posts something or biden posts something, or whitmer does something and it's like the one side like we'll talk about that the next day. All of a sudden I start getting questions about hydroxychloroquine or Trump will like, or someone will say something about something on one side. And then all of a sudden now that's a problem. And I see it instantly. It's crazy. Like how quick, like the conscious can change about something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a good way to show that, like how quickly, I mean, as soon as they started ramping up stuff, all this money started pouring into this town and like, I know like, it, cause when you think about campaigning and stuff like that, or like just yard signs, like how, and it all goes back to again, like our brains and like think about like advertising, how does advertising work? Recency bias, right? There's yeah, a whole there's, thing that it's just like seeing that. it and like over and over, you feel like you have more trust in them and then trust like up to your likeliness of getting voted votes or whatever. So all these things like, actually matter and but yeah just that when they start going in and like the you know the votes start the percentages start shift they show they always show that shifting in percentage i was just gonna bring that up because it said plus or minus seven percent and then at the end it said plus or minus and it said they're all all the names that were yeah they know the exact (laughs) people that that need the the swing votes they know them (laughs) he's like they were like wall yeah and that's like a very it's it's actually that's like a a good thing like they don't explain it but it's just there like if you catch it you catch and it and then the the whole <laughs> nun thing 
Yeah, because oh, they're none. Yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> the hilarious. Yeah, the contraception <laughs> thing. Well, you just lost eight votes to the coven of nuns. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, who's this? Oh, that's Will. Is that like an Walt. acronym? Walt. Walt. Is that an acronym? No. Because <laughs> he's the only black guy <laughs> in the town. He's the only black guy in the town. <laughs> yeah, they do like a lot of, they touch on like a lot of different, It's they hit, you know, a lot of I feel things. like that's where all the flat comes from too, though. Yeah. It's because it's so like... But, against politics but much. i think it's trying to make you see how stupid it is but like on either like, side it's think for <laughs> yourself have your own views and then choose the person that is closest checks to you most of the boxes yeah it's like if neither you're aware are, yeah. at all like politically aware at all you can watch this and be like i know what they're trying to go for it's a satire of the whole Both system sides. but like if you have i don't know yeah if as you're far as like a user left, rating, you're gonna hate this because of how the takedown left. Right. All right, you're gonna hate you this because it, yeah. of the takedown on the right. Moderates, or you would only see it as one way. You'd be like, I don't understand. Like, oh, that I hate not. how they attacked. Look, why are they attacking us so hard? You know, it's like on the surface, you would think it's probably a takedown of the right, which is what you're saying in the beginning. Yeah, you're surprised it took down the Especially left. Especially as soon as they see John Stewart, they're like, oh, yeah, right. I'm gonna hate <laughs> this. I feel like that's where, yeah, part of that of a lower user score, but. It's not, I mean, it, it is like, in terms of a movie, like I said, cinematically, that's where most of my problems come from. I think there's like a lot of uh, editing choices that weren't spectacular and just kind of how it was shot. Like I said, it's pretty bland Gen- and generic. Yeah, yeah. generic and Doesn't like I said, there's just like cool. a certain TV-esque feel to it, like, a, yeah, you know, I mean, p- part of it is a comedy that's part of the reasoning, but I'm trying to recall exactly. I wish I had taken more notes on it, but in the end, it was just that feeling of like not a complete movie package. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. It felt kind of cause it's, yeah, it's not, it felt like a Netflix movie, I guess. But yeah. Kind of like one of the regular ones and not like, uh, like, Oh, this would have been theaters type thing. Or but it needed to be in theaters. Again, kind of coming from John Stewart, like you don't expect this like auteur vision of yeah. a comedy, a political comedy. It's just he wants to say this, he wants to get this message out. More on what's the, the message, best way yeah. to do it? Have yeah. a comedy with Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. Think about it. If he would say this message, instantly there's I mean, an entire side that won't even listen, right? Yeah. So if you make it in a movie form that's a comedy, you can make it a little more digestible on both, and especially if you try and attack both sides. Like, I felt we're attacked both sides. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know, like, if it's as focused as it could be either. That was my problem. Because that. there is, like, they there do, do too many messages. Yeah, there is a lot of messages, there's a lot of takedowns and jokes and stuff. And in the end, I feel like what it really wants you to take away is how just how corrupt the system is, and especially about elections. But like you kind of watching it, you're not really getting that because it's a whole facade based Mm -hmm. on the ending or the twist or whatever. It's not really a twist, but based on the ending, this is all just a facade anyway. So they're like putting in these messages at that point when you think it's still legit. And then at the end, when it's a fraud, it's like, oh, no, this is just to show how rigged elections are basically yeah you that's exactly what my feeling was yeah it was like 
it had all these messages, but then it only like completed one. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, that was that I, that was a good message, but I just felt hanging yeah. on a lot of the other messages, which I don't think he honestly could have closed all of them. No, and that's what I'm saying. Is like he should have focused more, right? Yeah, to be again, like I said, to be more of like a complete movie or have just a, a complete plot and story. It's just uh, I like the, the problem is I like those things, but at the same time it doesn't work because it's not focused. So yeah. I, I like that it takes a moderate view and bashes both sides and stuff. And you know I like how it's saying that the elections are rigged, but overall it doesn't work super well super super well i agree i still liked it though no i definitely liked it too but that's exactly where i felt it was just like all these things and then it was like one thing and i was just like and it felt kind of like as it the further went along he was losing more and more control over it Mm -hmm. and it was like stronger in the beginning and that but that could just be come down to inexperienced i mean he hasn't made He's only made two movies. Yeah. So, like, I would be happy, like, excited to see another movie from him. But again, maybe, haven't. well, that's what I'm, that's what goes back to, like, what was his, what was his uh, goal or, you know, was his goal to have one central focus? I mean, I'm sure he wants everybody to know how messed up elections are and how rigged they can be, but I'm sure he wants, you know, there's like a small, the joke with the, with the nuns goes back to, how do we get? How do they get uh, data, and how do they focus on what, what what campaigning to do, what style to do? It goes back to like the the guy, uh, Topher Grace versus the girl mm. that you're talking about, and there's the two different styles. One was um, polling, 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 and the other and one was like looking at like data, data. online data, right? Like based data on mining purchases and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so just things like that. I'm sure he wants you to know that. Yeah, your data is being mined literally for elections just to get your vote. Like, mm-hmm. that's what all it's for. And, you know, but that's just comes back to one small joke. It's not like a big focus. And there's just a lot of things like that that he wants you to know. But in the end, I feel like the plot wraps up with wanting you to feel like wanting you to know how rigged elections can be. Yeah, but it didn't really build up yeah. to that point. You didn't get any like breadcrumbs to that. Because they have to keep it. Which maybe he thought wraps. that was like, hey, that's the big twist. But then it's like, yeah, but you yeah. should be able to give <laughs> hints to that twist or something, you know, that made it more set. When it happened, I'm like, okay. I mean, that's cool. But what about all this? <laughs> like, that's what I felt like. It just was inexperienced. It felt amateurish, I guess. But. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's, I mean, I feel like it worked as an entry level like if you know a lot you can get things from it but or maybe if you know a lot it wouldn't be as interesting like if you know a lot about politics or if you know a lot of these things already you'd be like this isn't going deep enough or this isn't a biting satire this isn't good enough yeah, you know to get me true. from true but i feel like anybody i don't know especially younger people or maybe you're not super super into politics or don't know a lot about the election system, you can watch it and be like, learn. I think that was a target audience though. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like the jokes required you to like pay attention to a lot of the arguments of both sides. Cause otherwise it it wouldn't be funny if them doing it right. You wouldn't get the joke. You have to have some basic knowledge. But but at the same time, I feel like the end message 
was something I already understood was yeah. the problem. Yeah. So it didn't teach me anything new. I didn't learn anything from this. Just the parts were funny because I got it was ridiculous on both sides, each of those things. But I didn't really learn anything new from it. Yeah. So I don't know who the yeah, like you said, there's a target audience. I don't really know who the target audience is because yeah, John Stewart. Like, how would this have done in theaters? John like, Stewart's audience that followed him or whatever, or you're still following him after his work with The Daily Show, probably knew all of this already, or you know, didn't probably get much from this. But I didn't watch The Daily Show that much. Now I don't know a ton John about Stewart, politics. Yeah. Or Steve Carell was on that too a lot. Besides knowing that, yeah, it is corrupt and messed up, but. You know, knowing that this could actually happen, that this was legal, I didn't know that. True. I guess that is a good point. I didn't know about the super PAC thing. Like, yeah. Like that this is like a legal thing that could actually happen. Like, but that was interesting. Though, does it actually happen quite that way? I don't know. Yeah. I just know it's stupid that it could happen that way, though. Right. But it's, yeah. I think he's kind of just pointing out that even though Some it hasn't flaws. happened or or probably won't happen, it could happen and that that just shows that you know certain things need to change to prevent that and to prevent and that would help prevent things like in the 2016 election from happening you know or Mm -hmm. elections becoming also one one big good point is it shows that we should have more in two systems (laughs) but two parties i mean but that would probably like never happen so yeah well some people would say there are but they'll never get <laughs> okay <laughs> never get more than i was in france at the time of their uh presidential elections and they had like many parties yeah like five i think it was at least that would actually that were all like pretty votes. close yeah. like it, the, it wasn't a big margin by anyone and like the one who won uh marcon he was uh Macron, Macron, he was part of, I think he's part of a party that didn't even exist before. He he was the first one in this party and he's the president of France. I mean, we've had like and then, five presidents not from either party. Have we? Yeah. We had a couple from the Whig party. Uh, was that just like uh, before it became? No, there was still three. And then uh, Theodore Roosevelt was part of the Green Party. He created his own party. And then before Republicans and Democrats, there was. Yeah. So but, before they were even around. Yeah. So but then they were still called like out Federalists. Of 46 and or 45, there's been like three. <laughs> and like since. Yeah. <laughs> no, it hasn't been since, I think, like the 19th. <laughs> yeah. At least yeah. 100 years ago. Yeah. And it shows you how flawed both sides are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, anything else to say? I mean, I I recommend watching. Yeah, it. It I funny. enjoyed it. I would too. And I, mean, I honestly wouldn't even mind watching it again. Honestly, <laughs> it was an easy watch. It wouldn't really be soon, but like, there, like if I was is, bringing someone else to watch it, I could watch it again with someone else. Like, introduce it to them. Yeah, I wouldn't pay twenty dollars for no, it. No, heck no. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> well, that's your fault. You waited too long to watch it. No, you guys watch it when I have to work. Uh, I would definitely rent it for, you know, four or five bucks. Definitely worth that. Hopefully it comes to 
a streaming service for free so more people can check it out because it will it is a movie like hulu it's a movie that more people prime should see just for that you know little bit of the little bit of knowledge that it can give you or just insight that it can give you and so be open and laugh at both sides i don't care if you're democrat republican laugh at how stupid both sides are like yeah you gotta take a step back and look then, How ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Both sides are pretty ridiculous. Yeah. You could say one is more. Like, at least laugh at the ridiculous parts of your party. <laughs> and I think you'll enjoy this movie. Yeah. They won't. What, uh, <laughs> Clearly they're not. <laughs> so What are you saying out of five stars? Let's rate I, this thing. I gave it a three. You gave it a three and a half. The like, I think. So. I also gave it a three. I had to rate it a little. I was going to do three, but I'm like, if a comedy makes me laugh, I have to give it the extra half. Stuff. I know. Just all the I don't technical laugh that aspects much and, and like. Yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah, that. there's a lot of good, clever humor. It's not perfectly written like. No. You know, it's not super sharp, but. But it's Steve Carell and it's. Yeah. It's funny. I enjoyed watching it. It had is, a lot of. Especially compared to other things like when we. It felt back, a lot so. like Steve Carell of the past. It definitely did. Yeah, just no. Yeah, like, just refreshing to see from yeah after some of the things Space Force, I guess. But trying <laughs> just to think like what, natural, what was like, before that. <laughs> when he always goes, God. Yeah. Just as natural. I just liked all his little asides, like when he was walking away and stuff. And he goes, "Oh, the spoons! Why are the spoons there?" <laughs> yeah, the spoons. Oh yeah, the billboard. Guaranteed, that's an ad lib. That yeah. had to be an ad. Oh yeah, he just turned around and is like yeah. just pointing out random objects. What are these spoons for? Uh, all right, what? The cows, can we get a clump of cows right behind him? Oh, I hate that. Don't put all the black ones together. That just was like too stupid. Like, no, that was hilarious. Yeah, but it's just like <laughs> he expects them to be like to control the cows. Even a normal person or even a person from DC would know that like they can't just. Well, that's why it was over the top. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things over the top. But yeah, that was like way over the top. <laughs> I didn't. Can right. you get someone to face this way? <laughs> Who wants to start? Well, Josh is done, but you can talk about some other things with us. Um, I can talk. You want to go first? Yeah. So Sorry I watched soft. a little movie called Freaks. Came out in 1932. I should look up stuff right here. It was written and directed by a director and writer. Um, right? It was directed by Todd Browning, which I actually, I don't know, some of the things I was reading, this kind of like ruined his career. <laughs> this movie was actually banned. Another movie that I watched that has was banned in like many places. And because uh, apparently it, it's a very early horror film mm-hmm. in a loose sense. It would not be classified as horror today. Just because there's horrific imagery. Yeah. The, like literally the last part. <laughs> But so freaks, let's see what we got synopsis here. A circus's beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of a, of sideshow performers, but as the foreign friends discovered, she is only marrying him for his inheritance. Yeah, that is a terrible description. So like this movie basically starts out and it's, literally a, a freak show i know that's probably a circus like it's not a nice way to say it but that's what it was called then and it, it took a bunch of people who had different disformities and stuff and thrust them into like these were people who were actually part of these circuses like 
you can Wikipedia all these people. It's really interesting reading about them, but they were real people who had real disformities. And at this time, especially, they were literally looked at as freaks in the name of the movie. So it was seen as being pretty progressive, really progressive at the time to kind of show like a slice of life. It really kind of showed like their love interest between each other, the different conversations they had, them doing normal things like this one girl doesn't have arms. So she like eats food and takes drinks with her toe feet it is amazing. <laughs> she does it so gracefully. Like it's insane to watch. It's so natural. Just 10 minutes a day. Yeah. 10 minutes a day. You could have the pedodexterity of a chimp. Of a chimp. <laughs> well, not this good though. She, I don't know. It was insane. There was a bunch of little things. There's this one guy. He has no arms, no legs. He lights a cigarette. <laughs> Imagine how you think that would be done. He does it and it's on film. These are real people who did these real things in real circuses at this time. So, so, at, so the people in the film were, were actually part of the, that. They, they weren't, weren't like actors necessarily. Yeah. The guy who was uh, looked down upon, spoiler alert, it's only 90 years old. But <laughs> yeah, he was uh, in a few films. It was a whole family of these little people. Like he was really, he had a, I don't know which disease he had. I probably should know that. But he looked like a child and sounded like a child, like a little squeaky voice and everything. And he was part of family that was in these things. I think the girlfriend he had in it was his sister, actually, in real life. Another person who had the same disease, the dwarfism there, probably dwarf, some form of dwarfism. And it was, he was in uh, Wizard of Oz. He was mm-hmm. the, one of the munchkins. Okay. So he was an actor, but a lot of them were just, from circuses and stuff and it was cool to see them just doing their daily life thing at the same time i don't think it was like altruistic like in a way i would per se it still seemed very like exhibitionist like they're using them like people probably wanted to see this movie because these people were in it because it's like oh here's a scene with them lighting a cigarette like with no arms or legs. Like, like buying a ticket to the yeah, circus. Yeah, it's like buying it for going, the circus, yeah. but you're going to a movie theater instead. Because I don't think a lot of the times he really tried that hard to show... There there would just be certain things that were very not progressive, especially the horror part at the end, which was pretty messed up, honestly. Like, I can't... Like, so they the show... So there's scenes of them basically showing off their either deformity or their talent, whatever they yes. do with it. Yeah. The movie's only 62 like, minutes long. Is How much of it is actually plot and how much of it is just showing that's them? That's <laughs> one of the major problems. Like, the plot doesn't really build up until, like, the la- late into it. And then, yeah. like, the part they talk about, yeah, that's a plot, but that doesn't... It shows that he's in love with this, like, uh, person who doesn't have any deformities. So she's just... And uh, one of the circus performers, like trapeze artists or whatever. So he falls in love with her. He's this little guy. She finds that she like plays with him, but she's kind of like all over everybody, basically. (laughs) Well, like other non-deformed people. And she's basically clearly not like subtly at all using him. And he's just for it because she's beautiful and he wants to be with her. And then eventually, then she finds out he's rich through a very inserted type scene where it's like oh now i'm gonna treat him terribly and yeah then 
But it, I mean, it's not like terrible with that. And especially being so old, I mean, some of the subtleties in that age weren't like that. And I'm sure it seemed progressive at the time. But some of the watching it today, it's not that progressive, I would say. I, I remember one scene like uh, one of the women is in love with this clown. She dresses up and stuff to because they were supposed to go on a date. And then he's like, no, I'm working on this gag. And she's like, but I, like I dressed up like I've been excited to go on this date. He's like, yeah, but we can don't be sad. We'll do it another time. And then just like kisses her like that and then she's like happy about it and then he's like see i i've been i knew you've been wanting that for basically like for a long time and then it's okay <laughs> like what is the this is that didn't age well <laughs> like that looks terrible but yeah but you're it's from that yeah, yeah 30s <laughs> I, I mean i guess yeah you think after roaring 20s you know but anyway there's like it's not a super great movie but i definitely liked the horror part at the end was pretty cool and it show it does kind of show you that the real freaks are regular people and that's a good message like it's mm. not subtle it doesn't do it in a beautiful like very well like artful way yeah because it's very obvious what they're trying to show but I think it was a pretty important movie even if it used a little bit of its exhibition at the time to show like the moment to moment of some of like just the scenes between the other, like the circus performers was pretty cool in an outlook and slice of life that you wouldn't normally have seen if you just went to the circus to see these people. But so I think it's worth a watch for what it is. It's short, so it's easy to watch. Yeah. 62 minutes. Yeah. So like super easy to watch, but it's just not this amazing masterpiece of a movie. It's good. I ended at a three out of five. Trying to be very objective, even with the more old movies. Yep. Don't get uh, trying to. It could have probably been even lower, but it. I think it was trying to do something at the time. Okay, I'll go next uh, to keep it on something that only I watched, and we'll save the discussion that way we can all get back into it. Uh, I watched a movie called Time Trap. I had never heard of this. Came out three years ago in 2017. Directed by Ben Foster and Mark Dennis. Never heard of them. <laughs> I haven't heard any of never these, heard of any of these people in it. So yeah, this is basically a mid-tier B-movie or mid-budget B-movie. I don't know how to describe it. Uh... It wants to be very cerebral sci-fi, but it's very surface level. Like, So obviously it deals with time and time dilation and things like that. Right. Uh, this what basic year did this come out? 2017. Okay. The synopsis is a group of students become trapped inside a mysterious cave where they discover time passes differently underground than on the surface. So this, this teacher uh, goes to find... He's actually going to look for his parents... Because there was these hippies in the 70s that disappeared when they were looking for uh, the Fountain of Youth. And his parents were two of those hippies. So he's looking for them. He finds the van. He finds the cave. He discovers that when he goes inside, time is passing almost infinitely slower 
uh, in the cave than it is on the surface. Basically, every like two to three seconds in the cave is a year on the surface, and that's uh, sim- not symbolized, portrayed very obviously by light going passing through like the tops of holes in the cave. Oh, anyway, it's like flying by. Yeah, it's like flying by. Um, and That's then cool. these students, very dumb kids, annoying kids, of course, get involved in the mix. And it takes up like 30 or 40 minutes of them is just getting down into the cave and climbing and they get injured and they're trying to figure out what's going on, of course. Why are these things happening? Um, so yeah, the concept is kind of cool because they actually relate it, like I said, to the Fountain of Youth. Mm-hmm. And instead of the Fountain of Youth being like, really literal like a literal water fountain it's oh. like being in the cave keeps you young because, because time passes time so quickly that's cool that's a cool idea though. and then they go ahead yeah. and ruin that oh. by having a magical <laughs> water fountain that actually heals wounds it's so stupid what well it's now so you dumb. ruined that for me i was like, like <laughs> really i'm like wow that's a cool idea yeah no they ruin it that by doing that um there's like there's a few I don't know, there's a few interesting things about it, but like technically it's not very good. Um, like in terms of like the, the dialogue and of course the right, you know, the writing is subpar, but like just, uh, what I was saying, the sound, like the sound mixing and stuff like that you can tell is off. And some of the visual effects are pretty good for what it is. Obviously it's, like I said, it's a mid budget B movie. So it's good for that. There's a really cool scene where she, the girl goes back up to the surface after being down so long and it's all desolate because it's who knows how long in the future. And she just sees like a massive ship and they call it like the Ark. They find out that's like carrying. It really takes he- like people. a turn. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then it gets even weirder after that because they sure discover this a David Ayer film. They discover cave people inside the cave, which is another cool touch that like. That's actually pretty interesting. They would too. be. Yeah. Because if they go into the cave, if they've only been in there for like a few minutes or whatever or 10 minutes then somebody else could come in and it would be like just that's how much time has passed by like somebody so, from the future could come in that's how much time has passed by yeah and then, they and do then it when again. they walk in you look like cave right. people to them because they're like what is that iphone <laughs> well or and then they go yeah. with it they take it another step further which again could be cool but it's very clunky and it's how they portray it or how it actually what the scene actually happens it's just a very corny scene but then a guy from the future comes down he's a lot taller, you know, because they've evolved or, or evolution. English isn't like a language anymore, a spoken language. So all these things are like, he's just very different, but he's obviously human. So like that could have been cool, but the ending is just gets so convoluted and <laughs> corny, like I said, and like basically a fight happens between the future man, the kids <laughs> and the caveman. What? Very weird. <laughs> and then they go into further in, and they see like a huge, basically a battle that's frozen in time. So there's like another tier to the cave where time is even slower. <laughs> and it's all like uh, it's uh, Spaniards and uh, natives fighting basically because they were looking for the Fountain of Youth is the same thing. but And they're all just like frozen in one place there, which is confusing why they would be there. Anyway, it's... It's a mess. <laughs> wow. But a couple good ideas, a couple good shots and like like I said a few good things along the way but that yeah, they even have like the tropey uh fat kid that's like supposed to be funny. 
He's not funny like at all. He's so uh, rolling my eyes at everything he said. It's just pretty bad. It sounds like if it was in the hands of like a Garland, for example. Oh, it, yeah. It could have been like amazing. Yeah. Like the premise, <laughs> like a lot of the premises are cool, but. I don't know if it's like based on a book or if it was all original. I should see who wrote it. But anyway, yeah, it's it's. It Like I said, it wants to be more cerebral sci-fi than it is because like from the from the description and and what some you know poster pull quotes are it's like you know stunning sci-fi all this stuff and it's really surface level and not that interesting it sounds like they had a really great idea but they weren't talented enough to make it work okay so it was written by one of the directors mark dennis so i don't yeah it looks like an original property but it's really too bad yeah, I gave it a one and a half. So, well, I don't know why it made me think of it. Well, what was the name of that really low budget movie about like the the bubbles, like the time bubbles? Endlessness. Endless. The endless. The endless. That's a good fucking movie. That was that was better than this and for that sure. Was like <laughs> yeah. Tiny. They do a lot. They do interesting things though with like yeah, micro they, budgets. Those guys. Spring was their movie before that, yep. which was really good. Um. All right. Who do you want to talk about? Athlete Day. Oh yeah. We can Gotta we can all discuss that. Find uh, my notes on that again. So Josh watched this last week. Told Jacob and I to watch it, so we both watched it this week. You want to start? I need to review my notes here a second. Okay. Also, I don't. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't take like any notes. I mean, on it's a documentary. You know. Yeah, like, it's a documentary, but um, it is really well made and it definitely kind of has that Netflix feel to it. Like oh, it's yeah. a Netflix documentary, which I don't always love. Um, but for what it is like for what they're trying to show, I think it kind of works. Um, and I like how they dig into more than just, um, again, like kind of going in, I thought it was about just, just about Larry Nasser, or, I mean, I knew that it wasn't right from what you said, but, that's at the front forefront of our minds being so close to Michigan state and things like that. Yep. But I really like how it portrays. I think it does a good job of portraying just, uh, abuse and like the things that it kind of, it's, it tells you how abuse is handled and it, and how they actually abuse victims actually feel without it being like just about that. It's, it tells you this story f- about USA Gymnastics, about Larry Nasser, and about these Olympians and, and different athletes. And it, it paints that picture without, like, explicitly saying it. Yeah. Yeah, it really portrays, like, the type of abuse and, like, why they felt like it was okay. Because yeah. it's, like, this world-renowned doctor doing these things with their parents in the room. And they're yeah, like, oh, literally. shit, maybe this is, like olympic level like this is maybe this is how it is and honestly that was one of the things that like hurt me like i hated seeing the most as like literally you take the hippocratic oath right to do no harm and for a doctor to do that because like i mean even right now as i was talking about earlier you want you have to conduct yourself in a way that gives trust to everybody else because they have to trust you as a medical professional with all this knowledge and all this 
thing that you know what you're doing and you're going to do the best to keep that person thriving. Right. And to just break that literally and like in front of them, like them trusting you completely. Yeah. And they trust to break them, that, Like I said, like, yeah, he's not because like, why would you, who are you to judge? This is a doctor, you know, like you he trust, was a nice one. Trust doctors and stuff. Well, that's what I thought was like another thing that was just so good is there's so many elements at play. There's the coaches, there's the Romanian coaches, there's, you know, Penny, USA Gymnastics, the Nasser's another part of the equation. Like I never felt lost in any of it because they always do a good job of they'll break it down into kind of bite-sized things, but it always leads you to the next part of the story, which uh, crescendos with the Nasser conviction and what ha- and yeah. all of those girls coming forward. Mm-hmm. So it does, a, it's like, it's not a slow build. It's, it's a pretty short movie, but it builds perfectly to that crescendo of all 500 or however many girls coming forward and saying that this is what happened. It was 500, but 128 of them spoke, spoke out to her. Right. But that's the point is like, they build up like you're, you'll be watching them and you'll be like, okay, like, is this, where are we going with this? Is this like going to, you know, how to kind of like wondering is this a, does this have a big enough impact to dedicate so much time to it and then it does in the end and it ties in perfectly and it just helps build up to that ending that makes it more powerful like yeah and like i knew like i've been actually following this stuff for a while so like i already knew like everything that was going on basically but still like it just baffled can you imagine like being a basketball player, you know, and you train for this thing your whole life, you finally get there and then like you're at the peak and then you have these just things happen. You know, it's like you're literally this is your dream. This is what you trained for. This is everything you wanted. And now you're being you're having this happen to you. And now you're like letting it happen for your passion of the sport while also now hating the thing that you loved. My, one of my favorite parts was like the ending where it showed, uh, what was it? Maggie Nichols? Nichols. Maggie Nichols. Yeah. Where it shows her at OU. She went, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. That part. And it's like, she literally is one of the best, not like, like one of the best gymnast in the world. Could have been on the team that we're all so proud of. I mean, I love watching gymnastics and Olympics and to know like this is going on that like you feel like you almost like support this kind of stuff happening because you're cheering. Yeah, USA, USA for these children who are being molested like and hating everything they're doing or being pushed through injuries and stuff like just yeah that's so brave you know that was the part that really hits you because you think that how controlled you are like you oh she has a broken ankle she did that anyway yeah that's not good that shouldn't be something we're cheering about and all the reserves they skipped because she did it's not it's different like if we get injured we play on right because it's not they're doing it because they're like scared they're doing it because they're expected to do it not because they want to well, that was like, again, I think a great documentary has one subject, but like you get a lot more than just that in it. And like the thing with 
going back to the coaches in Romania and like learning about a little bit, they don't focus on it too much, but it, again, it plays into the, to the abuse culture, angle. Yeah. So they, they still are focused on their main subject, which is abuse, but yeah, how we adapted their culture and their uh, training regiments and stuff like that all plays a factor into what these girl what happened to these girls yeah. in the end, really, because they're all just focused on being the best and winning that they will let this be an oversight, you know, all and, this abuse be an and oversight. And then when you find out that the college, she like what, won like three times in a row or t- back to back or something She was the number like one gymnast two years in a row. Two years in a row. Something like that, yeah. Three years in a row. Why? Because you had nice coaches, like who knows how much money into personal trainers and like taking care of the athletes, making sure they don't get injured and like making sure they don't work too hard because, you know, sleep and stuff is more important. <laughs> like, and she's probably better than she's ever been. Well, she was second in the U S trials to some and having miles, fun, which is crazy. And then she tore ACL and then, yeah. And ha- having fun, but doing the thing she wanted to do and never wanted had, to go back to, a high level. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, and we just like buy into it like that. Just, yeah. Go team. Not taking away from the spectacular athletes that did win the gold, you know, but it just sucks. Oh, she just didn't get chose because she was like talking bad or something. about. Well, she took the case public in 2015. Yeah. And that one year later is when they yeah, finally yeah. and then they're like, oh yeah, and they and they were gonna do the commercial. No, she can't be in it. Yeah, like even though I knew a lot about the Larry Nasser stuff, I didn't know anything about USA Gymnastics or how. Yeah, I knew and the gymnastics was like hiding stuff too. Because when yeah, I was looking into but, Larry Nasser, I'm like, oh okay. wow. So yeah, so I didn't know that. Like yeah. or like the you emails that they much. publicly cover for him, like those emails that they. Reveal. Yeah, like I said, like he said, yeah. I'm gonna pretend I'm sick. And then he was running for a school board, a school board position. And whole, which is right in back. Fifteen here. minutes from me. <laughs> Got that motherfucker. And then like winning. Yeah, crazy. Took a huge chunk of the vote after this was known. <laughs> and then like when he's going through the interviews and stuff, he's using all this technical terms. You wouldn't get it. You would never do as a medical professional. Like you think so I, I talk to my patients. I'm like. Yes, ACE inhibitors, also known as, you know, like, like, he goes, no, oh, you they would have it. no idea what I'm talking about. It's because he's so nervous. That's what he can only fall back on. No, it's he because he can use that as a cover. Oh, you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't get it. Yeah, you don't understand. Like, that, that, he's like, uh, then the, that cop is like, but I've never known any practice that requires to go in vaginally. Yeah, because there's not. He's, yeah, like, and he's like, you wouldn't get it. Isn't. It's like, but there's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, she just. But um, I remember last time I mentioned about the judge, what she said to Larry Nasser, and it's really long, but um, I, there's like this little bit that I really like, and she said, and when I look at my cheat sheet, 40 years, just so you know, and you can count it off your calendar, is 480 months. That The tale ends beca- because I need to send a message of parole board. In the event, somehow God is gracious, and I know he is. If you survive the 60 years of federal court first, you will start in my 40 years. You have gone off the page here as to what I am doing. My page only goes to 100 years. Sir, I'm giving you 175 years, which is 2,100 months. I have just signed your death warrant. Yeah. Oh, I loved, I remember when the actual case was going on, I loved how he had to sit there 
all listen twenty of them or all those people. I hate that they had to share that story, but like so we got that and one hundred. I love that years. he had to listen to all of that and then go in prison. I'm sure he's not being treated very well there. Oh yeah, he's only like a year two. Depending on where sentence. he's at, I don't know where where did True, he get sentenced I don't know. to. I mean, we could probably find that yeah. pretty easily. But, but he's yeah. only a year or two in right now, you know. Yeah, it good. didn't happen until 2018, what a piece of shit. Yeah. 29 years. But even in terms of just, yeah, it's a very interesting story and yeah. something that everybody needs to see to, especially if you're, especially as a parent to just be more be aware. aware of everything, like build a level of trust with, even though you having high credentials nowadays, like doesn't mean that trust automatically comes with it. Right. You know, like you used to be you used to people used to trust like doctors and lawyers, or whatever, blindly just because they had a high paying job and they had a high education. Now it's like you can't trust doesn't come automatically Do with that. Do your so, research. Yeah. Be there. Be involved. Be aware. It's crazy. Yeah. I, like or what I was saying, even besides just the message in terms of how it was made and everything and what you take away from it, I think is more important. And that's what I really liked. So I gave it a four. Yeah. The one of the, the only things that like, I don't think like cinematically it really did anything that was like super interesting to me. And that's, that's what I mean by it kind of is. Yeah. You can tell it's a Netflix documentary. It felt like a forensic files episode, but I think for, I still think, well, not that bad. Yeah. Are you saying Forensic Files? That bad? Yeah, Forensic Files is. Terrible. I love Forensic Files. They're <laughs> cheesy, like recreations of everything, and I mean, it's it is just like very much a Talking Head documentary. A lot of shots of B roll of them working as gymnasts, and then a lot of archival footage too. It's not doing that much new. I think it doesn't always a documentary doesn't always have to be new shots or you know them going out and getting these new shots. It's Sometimes just how you put together the story or the message, and well, like I said, there's so shots. many working. Yeah, they did, and a lot of those, some of those were taken for this film also. Correct. But yeah. when you're just reusing things, it becomes more about how are you putting it together in your, and how are you using all of these pieces to tell a story. And that's what I think I they did the well because it was balanced, and there's so many moving parts that it's easily digestible and you take away more than you went in. Yeah. The history aspect, like when they were showing those old, old videos of like the Crowley's back in Romania and they were the first one, like, cause they were grown women, you know, 20, 20 some year old women that were doing it originally. And then it's the Crowley switched to that 13 year old and she was just like a robot. You well, they said just, all, they said, I mean, basically they're, their whole view on and training and everything came from the you're cold war. Yep. You're that, fat Kyle. You're fat. You're yeah. Hideous. Just that era. Insane. Why Crazy. people think negative reinforcement actually works. But. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking in terms of winning and not treating your people well, I mean, it not justifying it, well. but it, I mean, USA gymnastics is number one. Yeah. But she did better after she left. USA yeah, but I'm just saying over as a collective whole. I'm, so I'm not saying, I'm not advocating but for it for But anybody. I'm saying yeah, but they like, did that. But that's good what people look at. With that training. What if they had people right. you don't know. who actually cared, a team who actually wanted who cared about their health? You think if they had that better mental state and everything, they would do worse? No. 
I'm not. I'm not advocating. I think for they it would have still won, maybe by more, if they would have not gotten rid of an athlete because of politics too. Because she was better than some of the yeah, people. She was great. Well, like what I said yesterday or whatever. Get rid of USA Gymnastics. Obviously, you can't have a private organization making all of these major yeah. decisions. Why is it? Why isn't like, it just like a collective of the colleges? Like how yeah, NBA, like how the basketball have, is is the NBA players. Yeah, like. Like why and have, it have different training styles show up with these athletes that are the best of the best. Yeah. Have them and colleges. Maybe they Pick train the differently, the but if yeah. they train differently and they are better then they would, they would go on the Olympic team. Yeah. I definitely think like their style is not the best style. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, basically that's what just kind of chipped away at for me. And also I found out that there was a documentary that came before this one that was about the exact same topic. It's called uh, At the Heart of Gold, Inside the USA Gymnastics Scandal. But you haven't watched that one. I know, but I'm just so it saying... it affect your rating? No, that didn't affect my oh, rating. okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I would be interested in seeing like yeah. this one too because it actually came out a year before last year. Yeah. And it actually has a higher rating on here too. Yeah, yeah, it might be better made. So, but not if not as if not as. But many I thought have seen it. It, it was in, very impressed, like very well done for the most part. Of like, yeah, like you said, connecting all the string, the threads into a satisfying conclusion that definitely made you, if you weren't aware already, aware. And guys, listen to the victims. Listen to the victims. Don't automatically assume they're lying. Yeah. Assume they're telling the truth because most, a lot of people lie in the opposite direction about the stuff that's happening to them. Yeah. And they hide it. Trust them because that would, most people aren't going to lie about something like that. There are the outliers, but don't let that ruin it for people like 500 people who actually had it happen. And, were silent because they're afraid of the backlash they they would get. Yeah. You uh, want to go next, or what else do you have? Uh, well, I watched like more, but I can't talk about anything. So. What can, do you have? Anything else that you can talk about? <laughs> no. Okay, I have two more. Then I'll go. I'll say the one's one a rewatch. That, yeah, but they're both rewatches. Oh. Just so they know it's out there. I watched three more movies, but I can't talk about them. Stay tuned for future (laughs) episodes to hear that. Uh, I'll go with my most recent one because I think you guys haven't seen it. And it'll be shorter. And then that way we can save the discussion. The biggest discussion for last. Anyway, okay. So I watched Enemy. Uh, I have seen that. Denis Villeneuve's Masterpiece. Uh, so yeah, Enemy from 2013, starring Jay Gyllenhaal. Movie, right? I think it was his first English, English language movie. film. Uh, not American. It's a Canadian right. film. I'm an American or English. <clears throat> so yeah, if you guys haven't seen Enemy, definitely watch it. And there will probably be spoilers. So if you haven't seen Enemy, watch Enemy first before listening to any of this. Because if you go in blind, and then you got to watch it again right after to pick up on all these things. But I've seen it probably four times before. It's probably like my fourth or fifth time seeing it, I want to say. And I think I loved it even more 
there's always just little things that you catch. And so the, the basic plot is that Jake Gyllenhaal is, he stars as a teacher, a history teacher, and as a kind of like a third rate actor. But he discovers this, the, the history teacher version of himself discovers that he has a doppelganger who is an actor and he gets obsessed with trying to meet him. And then he meets him and kind of things go crazy from there. Uh, and this whole time you're just kind of wondering, you know, what the hell's going on? He's got a girlfriend or history teacher. Jake has a girlfriend. The actor has a wife and he, there's almost two versions of himself, but you can kind of see the similarities between him. Anyway, it's just a great psychological thriller that does the whole two person or doppelganger thing a lot better because it doesn't. It doesn't have to lay out. It doesn't want to lay out specific clues that says uh, you can rewatch it and say, oh, this totally makes sense because this makes me, you know, this for sure tells me that they're the same person or whatever. It's more it's more of like a subconscious thing. I think even Denis Villeneuve says like the it would be like a subconscious battle in Jake Gyllenhaal's mind. Like not everything is so literal. So like. Because you would say, like, how is the hotel scene where they meet for the first time? How is that possible if they're the same person? Right. You know, but I it's actually happening in his mind. Yeah, I have yeah. seen this movie. This long so, yeah, it's just though. a great it's just a great story about one guy who is married, but is very unfaithful. And he's just a womanizer and he, you know, wants to be with different women. He can't be trusted and all these things. And there's all these great clues that lead up to that but yeah it's very dark it's very yellow green Mm -hmm. green and yellow it's a very specific color palette to it uh which is obviously chosen it's not like it's not coincidental that it looks that way it's it's very what's the word i'm thinking of intentional intentional exactly uh but yeah then there's some great um metaphor not metaphors yeah metaphors with spiders in it as well that just adds another layer to it kind of like a a surreal layer but i think that's what makes it work a lot better kind of adds more of like a dreamlike surreal nature to the movie Hmm. yeah i don't know any of the other movies that the cinematographer did oh yeah uh probably french wasn't he yeah 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 there's some great shots of toronto um, Maybe he's French Canadian. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like yeah, Danny, it's shot. Danny it is. is shot very well. Yeah. I don't yeah, I have to watch. I haven't watched it since we watched it the first time. Yeah. Jay Jonal. I mean, he's obviously amazing. But the one, the one girl, uh, Melanie Laurent's obviously good. It's actually Sarah Gadon that's in it. That she gives like a really good performance because when you look back at it, at what she's trying to convey in it it, it, in her performance you get like what she's actually in the in the moment it might seem like okay yeah this is just happening but then when you look back at the meaning of the film and what she's actually going through it's conveyed very well that was like actually the standout besides jake gyllenhaal because he's always yeah he's always good i definitely need to insane actually I definitely need to rewatch that. This was prime Jill Hall too. I've seen yeah, this was 
I think I've seen most of Denny's movies, though. He's one of my top directors. You have seen this, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it probably was 2013 or whatever when it came out. I think it was 14 in the week. Because everything you're talking about, I'm like, that sounds super familiar. But, I mean, I've even seen Incendies and stuff like before that. Prisoners. Prisoners. Yeah. That's great. I love Denny. Yeah, uh, I gave it a five. It's amazing. I don't remember it being that good, but oh, Polytechnic. It's that good. I send that too. That it was is that good. Film. Oh, that's right. He has Dune coming out this year. Christmas, maybe. Supposed to be. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe he'll release it in Europe, and then we can watch it online. <laughs> yeah, you got to rewatch it. Like, it's. If you haven't seen it like a long time, you might want to rewatch it and then rewatch it like shortly after. I watched it on Netflix. Oh, it was on Netflix? Yeah. I can't remember. Oh, it's on I know it's streaming on one of the big ones. Right now it's on Netflix. It used to be on Prime for a long time. I think right now it's on Netflix. Okay, one more. I got one more. Rewatched Loose. <laughs> Quickly becoming the most talked about movie I wanted to rewatch <laughs> it, but I had to watch everything else, make sure I got it done finally. Um... Yeah, I got a lot more out of this watch. I think it's very, very close to being flawless. And I think that we missed a decent amount because I don't think there's that much in terms of ambiguity in terms of loose. So there's definitely an admission. There's the admission of guilt to his own mother. Was that the the fish scene? It is an admission. Okay, yeah, and an admission of guilt to... Uh, Octavia Spencer I didn't when he goes to the house that is yeah. his admission of guilt and she even there, there's like even a direct line She he says she says when she calls him out for using um, D-Runner what's his, what's his name Who? I don't want to pull something out of the air and it'd be wrong uh, the the run the come on Deshaun she calls him out as using Deshaun as his minion, basically, and he says that's not the same thing. So right there, he's admitting that, yes, Deshaun, it was him, Deshaun, and, and Kim. Kim? Yeah, the girl, right? Stephanie yeah. Kim. Stephanie Kim. Okay, Stephanie, it was those three that were in it together to get, basically, revenge on her. I thought it's, So Stephanie was in it because that, she was using her as this idol, and then he wanted to do it for the same reasons he didn't like that she, that she was doing that and and for Deshaun and Deshaun was obviously against her for kicking getting him kicked off the team. So it was those three that were doing all of the things that happened but working together to do that. Hmm. Ah. I feel like I saw that, that but I also think that he didn't scenes. directly say it. No, it's he never directly said, it. but it is it's very obvious when like you rewatch that, it. Like shed scene means more now. When yes. You, yeah. The shed scene. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Okay. And, the, but I still don't uh, the get ambi- the fish. Like, is there a reason so, yes. it was specifically a fish though? Yeah. He had a fish when they were younger and he threw the fish across the room and he said, I just wanted to see him fly. And it was so kind of like the first instance of like him doing something bad. Yeah. Bad. And then he was like, you know, I got you this fish. I want to, tr- it was, this was the biggest take retake away. He got the fish. He said, I want to try again. Basically saying he wants to wipe the slate clean with his parents or whatever. And she says, you know, I know, I know yeah, that you have a very so bright future or whatever about it. And he says, I hope so. 
And then at the end, that last shot of him running and he gets that face, like, you know, where he gets progressively angrier or distraught. I don't literally can't even describe his face, but you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Maniacal. kind of him. That's kind of him showing that he is not, he is not turning, you know, some new leaf after this, that these things still haunt him and that he is this, there's this other side to him still that he doesn't feel has been resolved after everything. He still has all these feelings and pent up emotions that are in him. That last scene felt like very um, Jordan Peele. I felt like that. Part. Just the running and like the way that it was shot and the smile just felt like something that being a Jordan Peele. It wasn't smiling. Well, you know, it was like maniacal. It was like, yeah, but that no, it was like it was like angry and sad mixed. Yeah. yeah but rewind. could you take See, I want like, can you take also? Yeah, he's like fighting with his demons, or also that could you also like take that maybe he did a bad thing, but like that wouldn't have been taken so hard if he didn't have the history he had. He like did something that you know, kids are troublemakers sometimes, and he's so tired of having to be perfect that like these one little mistakes he's trying to test basically to see if that's all it takes to like condemn him. I think everything was intentional and that everything coming from him is so intentional that I don't think he, it was just a mistake or whatever. He was doing it all to get all of this was part of a plan to get back at uh, the, the teacher Yeah, from the beginning and the things along the way that he feels, you know, that's where I feel like he, where he ends up, in the end of the movie, still having all of those pent up emotions and anger just about who he is. None of that from where it starts to where it ends. None of that really helps him get past that. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I was thinking it was like, it could also, yeah. Like be that. I mean, the thing that they did, I mean that he had done wasn't a super big deal, I guess for most people. But it is because he is who he is. Where like otherwise he'd get a slap on the wrist maybe. Like don't do that. But like if he got caught for doing that, he's like almost testing his parents. Like are you, what do you think of me now? Like yeah, even though I did this, I did do that thing. Well, that's will, probably do you where still like, care about me? So like, like I said, everything is intentional. I don't think probably the paper wasn't intentional as part of that plan because it didn't really have anything maybe that didn't have anything to do with it. No, no. Like, I don't know if, or maybe, maybe it did. I don't know. Did he write the paper and put fireworks in the lockers thinking that if I wrote this paper, she would search my locker. See, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe it was a test. That's what I'm saying is there's still things that are ambiguous. I'm saying in terms of his actions, there's not ambiguity. Like there's, I still think the party, like what actually happened at that party with Stephanie Kim is left totally. Oh yeah. uh, Open, ambiguous. ambiguous. Like, Cause there's a scene, there's the scene where his mom talks to her and she actually gets like very emotional and breaks down and stuff. And you think, is that a, was that part of the plot to, to move their plan forward? Or was she actually just in the moment? Oh yeah. Like emotional? maybe that like, never actually happened. Yeah, and or in, or was she actually just breaking down because she did get uh, some abuse? Yeah. That is interesting. There's yeah, a lot that's more like a, that's like a whole nother watch. like thing I did not even think about. Yeah. And it already brought me into thinking that 
what I just was saying now because I didn't think that when I watched it necessarily. But yeah. And then the other thing that I loved was that, okay, so you know how there's like the main, well, there's the main four characters. There's the teacher, Luce, and his parents, you could say. And that each of them, I would say each of them has basically a differing, or they give differing views and opinions. And you could actually agree with each of them. And they all, you could agree with all of them, but they all have their faults. So none of them, like the movie doesn't put anybody higher up you know purposely or anybody lower purposefully Mm -hmm. it's all giving you these different views and and showing the pros and cons to each like like we were talking about earlier that the teacher is right in some things but you know because of she does have that bias you know she's wrong and loose is against the bias which you should be that's right but what he how he wants how he goes about it is wrong and same thing with his mom she has the best intentions but She's also like a bet unintentionally like, yeah, same thing. Maybe supporting that bad behavior. Right. Like she's still like, that's almost a bias too, right? Right. She thinks she has to coddle everything he does, but you can still punish him as just a high school kid who messes up. Like you mess up. So she should still like punish him as the kid he is, but not judge him based on what he was you know but by her like not punishing him she's kind of like also trying to be too much the other side too supportive you still gotta you know he's treat him like a normal kid i just love how all of them like i really feel like i mean especially loosen his teacher and everything they just do a good job of fleshing those characters out and showing that None of them is is better than each other, and they all have views Biases that you can agree and, with. Yeah, but there's also a negative side to each of that. It's like basically just saying that you know you can't have. There's no right or there's no perfect answer. You're never gonna have this, especially in something as complex as race and these these things, these problems that we have now mm-hmm. involving bias and race. There's no perfect answer. We have to. There's things that we have to do. We to have help, to but, be aware yeah. of our biases, but like, yeah, it's not simple. Just changing that. Like, when do you go too far? When do you not go far enough? Like it's a lot of times it's once you get to the realization of where your biases lie, it's hard to change that without going too far or not far enough. Or you're always in this constant flux of like, am I, am I doing the right thing? And this just, pushes you even more confused i guess in the best way yeah though yeah there was things i noticed too like i never even noticed there was a shot where he goes up when he's when he's running at night he's going he goes up to the school he like walks up to the school and just kind of looks at it and i never noticed that was the window that was open was to her because she left her window open yeah Mm. and he's just like looking at the window and then that and then he but he walks like it kind of i think it cuts he doesn't walk away i think it cuts just at that so it's left you know open to what happens but because clearly they still want to leave it a little ambiguous because they don't show you him doing it right or you want it to be a you want it to be more of a mystery up until the end when he does admit that like you don't know who exactly did what but you know it's those three working together to get to this end goal yeah and he definitely played a huge part he didn't well the the part is pretty much puppet master because we know it's Deshaun that goes out and does a lot of the groundwork because Luce always has an alibi. 
And right. Deshaun is never, you never see Deshaun with him unless it's the car wash is like the only scene of them actually together. So. Wow. I need to watch this movie again. Yeah. yeah. I liked it even more. I liked it a lot more. I gave it a five this time and I don't, Ooh. I don't have like any problems with it. I think it's I that mean, good. Even when I watched it the first time, one of the only main problems I had was the dad. So I yeah. would have to rewatch it and see. Rewatch but. it and look. I mean, the dad on the first watch is a lesser character because you have such strong characters with Luce, the teacher, his mom. But just try to don't think of him, put him on the same level as them, but just look at his as a views human, and opinions. Yeah. yeah. And like a normal character. And I think you get more from it. Like I said, as if you look at them as those four main people, he offers something. He offers a different opinion that again you could look at it as good but it also has its cons to it uh i think that that's about, about wraps right? us up in terms of what else we watched yeah sorry jacob watched a lot of other things but can't talk about them yet we'll get to those soon so next week is going to be the old guard and palm springs i think we decided on right yeah. there's a lot of stuff out right now we're just going to stick with those two as featured we'll get to other things uh, if you want to send in questions or comments, it's at Sudden Cinema, Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Sudden Cinema Podcast. I am on Letterboxd and Untapped at the KG Project. I'm on both of those at with JSAL517. That's J S A L 517. I'm on both platforms at Josh underscore Saldana. All right. Thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Come.